this is the time of year that many people make resolutions about the year ahead. They set their goals and determine what they want to do in the next 12 months. But this morning, instead of thinking about our resolutions, I want to think about what God wants us to do this year. When Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, this is what Paul said. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. And the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. Paul was excited about what was happening in this church because he saw that they were growing. And I believe that this is what God wants us to do this year. Whatever our age, however many years we've walked with Jesus... God's plan is that we will continue to grow in our Christian lives. There are so many different ways that we can do that. But Paul just mentioned two of them here. First of all, this church was growing in their faith. Your faith is growing more and more. Faith is right at the core of what it means to follow Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, Paul says, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's through our faith in Jesus that we experience God's forgiveness and grace and come into his family as we've been celebrating this morning. And it's through faith that we continue to live the life that God has planned for us. But I think many of us feel that our faith is too small. It's too weak. We worry about that we just can't kind of drumming up up enough faith within ourselves. Maybe like other people seem to do. But Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 17 verse 20. I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. A mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. It's tiny. So even a tiny faith can move mountains in our lives. So the issue isn't so much about the size or the strength of our faith. It's more about who our faith is in. When Paul wrote that your faith is growing more and more, He wasn't then talking about a kind of inner feeling or a strong wish for good things in the future or their confidence in their own ability or their confidence in their own knowledge of what was going to happen. Instead, he was rejoicing in their growing trust in the Lord. They were learning to increasingly depend on God in their lives. They were standing more and more on his promises rather than on what they thought should happen. And this is the kind of faith that God wants. It's based on God's word and God's character. Paul said, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
This is the faith that we need. A faith that is is based on the revelation of God's love and wisdom and power as revealed at the cross of Jesus. So it's as we grow in our appreciation, our understanding of who God is, and our acceptance of what he says, that we learn to put whatever faith we have more and more on him and not on ourselves. That's how we grow in faith. By just trusting him more than we trust ourselves. But it wasn't just faith that that was growing in this church. Paul also said, the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. And this is the second thing that I think that God is looking for in our lives. When Paul was challenging the legalism of the church in Galatia, he wrote this, In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. We don't need those external signs of the old covenant. Instead, God wants us to grow in our expression of love as an expression of our growth and our dependence on Him. Faith is the root of our Christian lives. And so love is the fruit that should develop from that. And that love can, of course, be expressed in so many ways. In our speaking, in our supporting, in our sharing with each other and with others in our community. And this past year that's gone, it's been so encouraging for me to see this love expressed in our church. But God is longing for more. He wants us to go deeper in our commitment to and our care for each other. That's because God's goal is just so high when it comes to love. This is what John says in 1 John chapter 3 and 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. On the cross Jesus gave up everything for us. And God is calling us to do the same. He wants us to put aside Our ambitions, our rights, our priorities, and instead serve others in love. This is God's goal. That we would love each other and love those outside of our church community just as Jesus loved us. So this is God's goal for our lives this year. He wants us to grow in our faith in Him and in our love for others. I wonder if that's what we want too. Do we agree with this plan? You'll see in our little notes uh, from our our bulletin sheet this, this morning, left a little blank there for you to fill in. Because you have to say, is this what you want as well? Do you want to grow? In love and faith this year. But we need to do more than just agree with God. 
Just put a yes there. We need to do more than that. Christian growth is, of course, something that God does through His Holy Spirit. It is through living in Him that we grow. The power and the grace and the love all comes from God. And yet the Bible is clear that God wants us to partner with Him in that process. He wants to work in our lives through us and through our actions. So what do we need to do in order to grow in our faith and our love this year? What's our responsibility in this process? Well, recently I've been reading a book called Deep and Wide. It's by a guy called Andy Stanley. And it's a book about how his church tries to be a church unchurched people love to attend. That's how he puts it anyway. But in it, he writes about five catalysts that fuel our spiritual growth. Five different things that God has used to grow his and a whole load of other people's faith in, in God. And as I read through that, it really kind of rung true with, in my life as well. I could really relate to that. I could see how that has been the case in my life. And so I want to share them with you. And suggest that if we want to grow this year in our faith and in our love, then these are the things that will help us to grow. The first one is practical teaching. James chapter 1 verse 22 says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Don't just listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. The Bible is not written as a theological and theoretical textbook that we just need to read and learn. The Bible is written to impact our lives, to transform our thinking, to alter our attitudes, to renew our hearts, to change our behaviour. It's a book that should lead us into a living, an active relationship with God through faith in in Jesus. So if we're going to grow this year, we need to be committed to listening to the practical teaching of God's Word. And also be willing to put it into practice in our lives. This is one of the characteristics of the very first church in Jerusalem. It says in Acts 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The disciples, the apostles, they were commissioned by Jesus to declare the foundational truths of our faith. And the church in Jerusalem grew so explosively, in part at least, because they were committed to listening and learning from them. Now we don't have the apostles here with us today. But we do have their truth contained in the Bible. And so if we are going to grow, then we need to be committed to listening to and learning from God's Word. And then go and live it out in our everyday lives. So how are we going to grow? How are we going to experience that practical teaching in our lives this year? 
Well, let me suggest that we can do it by coming to church as often as we can on a Sunday. And actively listen as God's word is taught. And then go home with a commitment. Not just to say, oh, that was a good sermon, or that was a terrible sermon. And then, boy, he went on and on and on and on. But with a commitment to go home and, and put it into practice. Whatever God has been saying to you in that week. That this is not just something to listen to. This is something to live out in our everyday lives. But we can also get that teaching through a whole load of other ways. One of the things, the ways that has been so important in my life is through reading. Through reading good books. It's not something that comes naturally to me. I have to force myself to do it. But it's been such an important part of my life. Maybe we need to commit this year to get starting to read really good Christian books that will help you to grow. That's why we, we often have that, that our book library there. So you can just take a book and borrow it and read it and allow God to speak into your life through it. But I also really encourage you to be part of a small group each week. For me, I don't think there's any better way of getting God's word into my heart and helping me to see how to apply it to my life. And to be encouraged to do that, to put it into practice. So if we are going to grow this year, we need to be committed to listening to and responding to practical teaching. So what commitment are you willing to make about this? For, this, for 2016. Again on our notes. There's a little space there. For your commitment. Either to write it in. Or just to think through. What you want, is, what you, what you want to do. In terms of you being focused and committed. To allowing God to speak practically into your life. But if God's word is so essential for our growth. Then we just can't rely on others to teach us it. We also need the second catalyst, which is called private disciplines. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 22, it says this. Let me just read it to you. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us, through the curtain that is his body and since we have a great high priest over the house of God let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith this morning we've been celebrating the finished work of Christ on the cross we've been celebrating the reality of how our lives have been completely transformed as a result of this that all things have become new and so today we have the awesome right and the privilege to come right into God's presence we don't need to wait for a Sunday morning to experience God's presence we don't need to wait for a worship service to bring our praise and our worship to him we don't need any intermediary to, to bring our request before God. We don't need a teacher to hear God's voice. Each day, on our own, in the ordinariness of our everyday lives, we can draw near to God.
we can spend time with him. We can worship him. We can pour our hearts to him. We can learn from him. And it's in the intimacy of God's presence that our eyes are opened. And that our hearts are changed. And our faith grows. In Psalm 91, David wrote, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in whom I trust. What an awesome privilege we have this morning. That God is the one that we can shelter in. He is the one that we can rest in the shadow of. He is our refuge. He is our fortress. And He can be the one that we depend on day by day, hour by hour. But if you're like the rest of us, then you'll know how difficult that is. Everything and anything will try and get in the way of us spending time with God. Taking time out of our lives to draw near to God is literally a battle. A spiritual battle. As Paul was reminding us this morning. That is why we need to be disciplined in this. We need a strategy of how and where and when we will spend time with God. We will read God's Word. We will study God's Word. We will memorize it. We will think about it. We will see how it applies to our life. We will spend time in prayer and worship and spend time just in God's presence. How, will we, how we all do this will be different. Because we are all different. I'm sure that doesn't come as a surprise to you. Some of us maybe would like a little booklet to read. Some of us in our church use the Our Daily Bread or the Word for You Today or Word for Today. If you're an old person, it's Word for Today. Reading through that really helps them to spend that time with God, to, to listen for God's voice. Others read through the Bible regularly, systematically, maybe in, through the Bible in a year. This is the little program that I've been following for the last few years, which is from Scripture Union. There's a couple of copies of that on the table there if you want to grab one. It just breaks down the Bible into little chunks so you can read it each day and you can read through it in a year. Or if you want to take a bit longer, that, you can do that as well. When I, was at a, when I was at a conference last October, I met a friend from years back who suggested using soap. Now, don't be offended on my behalf. It wasn't because I hadn't had a shower that day. But soap is a simple pattern to follow. It's based on journaling. S for scripture reading. Writing out a verse that that you've read and you're reading that, that day that's really meant something important to you. O for observation. Writing down something that kind of jumped out at you. Something that that impacted you, that that caught your attention. A, for application. Remembering that the Bible is always to be lived out. So what is God saying to you about how this applies to your life right now? What is God calling you to do? And then P, for praying in response to this. Writing down a specific prayer request responding in gratitude or thankfulness or whatever it is that you're reading about. 
It's just one suggestion of how to format that time with God. But the format that we use isn't so crucial. What is crucial is that we daily just spend time in God's presence. So this year, how are you going to spend time with God? How are you going to draw near to Him? What is your commitment going to be to the private discipline of drawing near to God and listening to Him each day? Again, in our notes, there's a little space for you to write down your commitment to God of how you're going to do that. But physically, we know that we don't just need good food to thrive. We also need exercise. Sorry for uh, uh, mentioning that. But the National Physical Activity Guidelines, did you know there were National Physical Activity Guidelines? They say that young people should get at least 60 minutes activity each day. That's the those guys up the front. 60 minutes activity each day. And for us who are older, they still advise at least 30 minutes of activity five days a week. Maybe five days a week, so the other two days you can just lie in a heap and relax and, and, and uh, recover from that activity. So we need activity in our regular physical lives. If we don't, then we know that our physical bodies will not thrive. But it's the same in our spiritual life. We also need activity. The third catalyst for spiritual growth is personal ministry. Hebrews 10 again, verse 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. If we don't get involved in serving God in some way, in some ministry, then our spiritual growth will always be stunted. It will always be limited. But when we take the plunge, when we get involved, then God powerfully works in us. We grow in our faith as we express it in ministry. We grow in our love as we share it with others. For years, a verse in Philemon has really jumped out at me. Philemon verse 6. Paul was writing to his friend. And he said this, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. I think often we turn that the other way around, don't we? We'll see, when we get a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ, then I will be active in sharing my faith. But Paul here puts it the other way around. He says, be active, get out there, share your faith, speak out your testimony about how, what God has done in your life, and through that process, you will grow in your understanding of every good thing that you have in Christ. It's through actively speaking out our faith in Christ that we often grow in our knowledge and our relationship with Christ. And our appreciation of what he has done. And I know that's been the case in my life. And so if we're going to grow this year as a church, we need to encourage one another, spur one another on. Which I guess is a kind of prodding each other. It's kind of be painful sometimes 
to get more involved in serving the Lord. To be committed to using our gifts and abilities, whatever they are, to share His love and to speak out His truth. So what commitment are you willing to make in serving God this year? It's not about comparing yourself to others. It's not about... It's not about putting yourself down because you're not doing enough. It's about saying, God, what do you want me to do this year? What do you want me to do in serving you this year? And being committed to doing that. The final two catalysts for growth are things that are harder for us to create. Things that are harder for us to kind of program in. Because the first one of those is pivotal circumstances. I'm sure you could look back in your life and you've seen that there there are defining moments of your life. Some are good. Some are really tough. But these are the moments that have moulded us into the people that, that we are today. And as we face into this new year, we can't obviously decide what kinds of circumstances that we'll experience. We can't choose just good times and avoid all of the bad times in the year ahead. But we can choose how we're going to respond to them. We can choose how we're going to respond to allow God to use them to help us to grow in our faith and our love. Hebrews chapter 10 again. Verse 23 this time. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. God wants us to be committed to him in all of the ups and the downs of our lives. He wants us to express faith in these difficulties. Faith isn't of often seen and been able to escape the hard times. Faith is being is expressed in going through them with a confidence. A confidence that God is in control, even in the mess of our lives. That God is with us even if we cannot feel his presence. That God is working for our good and for our glory and for his glory, even if we cannot see how on earth God could do that. It's about trusting in God, not trusting in ourselves or in our sight or in our understanding. So are we committed to trusting in God no matter what happens this year? No matter what circumstances God brings into our lives or allows to come into our lives this year, are we willing to walk with God this year? Are we ready to make that commitment? But I suggested throughout this passage, we cannot do this alone. <coughs> if we're going to grow, we also need other people. And that's the fifth catalyst for growth, is providential relationships. These are the people who come into our lives at just the right time to support us and encourage us or even challenge us or just maybe even just walk with us. There are so many biblical examples of this. Think of Joshua and Moses. Or Naomi and Ruth. Or David and Samuel and then later Nathan. Elijah and Elisha. 
Paul and Barnabas, and then later Timothy. And I would guess that there were a lot of examples that you could think back on in your life as well. Of people that God brought into your life at just the right time to impact your life and help you to grow in your faith in God. What I've noticed is that God often uses the most unexpected of people to do this. So we can't always program that in. We can't always choose the people that God is going to use to to speak into our lives. But what we can do is make a decision to spend more and more time with people of faith. With people who are following Jesus. Who could speak faith, words of faith and love into our lives. So, passage in Hebrews chapter 10, it finishes in verse 25. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we are going to grow in our faith and love this year, then we need to be at the heart of a community of faith. It's in the interaction with other people of faith that our faith in the Lord and our love for others will develop and deepen. So I wonder what commitment can we make to allow God to bring us into those providential relationships this year? How can we make a commitment to allow God to to enable us to spend time with people of faith this year, more and more, go deeper in our relationships, allow them to speak into our hearts, allow them to encourage us and challenge us and walk with us this year. This year I'm absolutely sure that God wants us to grow in our faith in Him and in our love for others. And I've also been convinced that God often chooses to work through these kind of things. Practical teaching, private disciplines, personal ministry, pivotal circumstances, and providential relationships. Maybe this past year you can look back and see how God has used them to help you to grow this past year. And my prayer is that each one of us as we look forward to the year ahead, we'll be willing to make those decisions required so that we can partner with God in this work of transforming our lives and that we will see our faith in Him and our love for others grow in this year ahead.